G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision. Well, here we are now less than a month out from another state election. The next one coming up is the Victorian state election. And so an opportunity to talk about what we might think about as Christians approaching another election as Christians before God and recognizing that there is a state perhaps a state that's veered off on a direction that is away from the sort of Christian principles we often think of as shaping a good, healthy nation. Well, Bill Muhlenberg has been writing about these sorts of issues over this past week. One of his latest articles is called God, Government, Statism and Resistance. Bill Muhlenberg's back with us. Hi, Bill. Welcome back to 2020. Great to be back again, Neil. Bill, you cover a lot of dimensions, don't you, with a title like that. Uh, Give us some insight into how you bring all of those things together in a conversation that perhaps will even contextualise around the fact that Victorians are off to a state election coming very soon. Yeah, well, it is a lot of topics and uh, issues that all come together in one article, although I did a quick look. I have over a thousand articles on politics on my website and almost 4,000 on Christianity. So, you know, these kind of things I'm talking about all the time and we cannot escape talking about them, not just with upcoming elections, but given how important it is, how should Christians think about government? So, uh, as we may have said in the past, straight away, we can mention two Uh, extremes to avoid. Uh, One, to say that government is always evil, authority is evil. Well, no, we can't say that. We're not anarchists. God actually created civil government and he created authority, certainly delegated authority. But the other extreme, of course, as we've kind of learned over the last few years with COVID, is the state is not to be absolute. We are not to treat it as an equal to God. The state is uh, delegated authority. Generally, we submit, but there are plenty of times when we have to disobey, when even civil disobedience may be in order. So those are the two kind of uh, issues we need to uh, deal with and get the biblical balance. Sometimes we, as Christians, might feel like, how do we scour the Bible for wisdom? Uh, Where do we get theological thinking about when it comes to God and state? Well, you've picked up on some favorite authors, and you've quoted some quotes and brought some points Uh, One of those, James Montgomery Boyce, and the other one is Doug Wilson. Uh, Give us some insights into their wisdom and why their wisdom might matter here. Yeah, both of these have, well, spoken on these things quite a while back already, so I'm kind of resurrecting some older material. Uh, Boyce, the Philadelphian Presbyterian pastor, 
uh, died in 2000. So, but he, uh, because he was an expository preacher, uh, a lot of his sermons uh, turned into books. So when he did Genesis, uh, three whole books are devoted to Genesis and his sermons. First one, obviously, deals with something uh, that we should be familiar with, Genesis 9, which is really the kind of the beginning of government, uh, the civil government since the time of the fall. So uh, uh, in the uh, sermons by Boyce, he offers four key propositions that we can learn or take away from Genesis 9 as to the nature of government. Let's pick up on some of these because they are particularly important and perhaps from the perspective of where government needs the church and when you've got situations where the government is resistant to or sidelining the church, uh, you get some significant issues. And one of the points you've picked up on from Boyce is the fact that government cannot develop morality. How do we understand that? Yeah, well, it's uh, kind of the shorthand way of answering is to say that the state deals with crime and punishment, whereas the church deals with sin and forgiveness and the like. Now, there's always an overlap, right? Uh, all laws basically have some moral component, but the point Boyce and others have made is simply the, the state cannot turn you into a virtuous citizen that cannot make you a moral person. That's what the gospel has to do, right? Christ changes lives, changes us from the inside out, and then we become better citizens, we're more obedient, we're better at really everything in terms of being a good citizen. So, however, having said that, that doesn't mean that the state is uninterested in morality. In fact, as we say, all laws have a basis in morality. And, uh, well, if I'm walking down the street and some guy wants to jump me, steal my money, well, the state can't turn him into a virtuous person. The gospel can, but the state can, well, has laws, uh, you know, against theft and the like, and it can punish people who want to do this. So that acts as a deterrent. So even though the state can't save this guy or change his heart, at least it can keep him, hopefully, in most cases, from... Uh, assaulting me. So there's a connection there. But yeah, it's the Christian uh, values and beliefs and morality that really is the basis of any good government. Uh, the government is there simply to maintain order, to administer justice, punish those who do wrong. So we have to have both. We need church and state to have an orderly and just society. So they need to work hand in hand. And uh, one that rejects the other is putting a, a trajectory towards some level of failure here. Uh, the thought of having healthy citizens. Uh, this is something that Christians are often reflecting on, say from Romans chapter 13, about being a good citizen. Uh, healthy citizens needed by a healthy government. Uh, but if you haven't got healthy citizens, you're not going to have healthy government, are you? Yeah, well, that's the third of the four points that Boyce raises. And again, a very common theme, certainly if you know your American history. Uh, so many of the founders, founding fathers, talked about this very thing, whether George Washington or so many of the others. They all said a healthy government 
needs a healthy citizenry. And if a people does not have a moral and religious foundation in their lives, uh, no new attempted government is going to function. So almost all of the founding fathers really had this connection there. Uh, morality is based on religion, Christianity being the chief, of course, at the time. And without that, even a new government, even a government that has checks and balances and tries to keep tyranny in check, will only last for so long. So they knew the connection. And uh, today, of course, we live where that connection has long ago been broke. But we need to try to resurrect it and show that good government depends on the good people. And, of course, good people depend on the gospel and God changing us from within. Some will be connecting our conversation with the upcoming election in Victoria. The thought that good government or bad government, uh, sometimes we think that government is a evil presence. But thoughts here, Bill, on some of the other things you've been gleaning from these two philosophers around what it is that makes good governments and good citizens. Uh, Thoughts here around government being a blessing from God. Yeah, well, uh, both uh, Boyce and Douglas Wilson, of course, talk about this. Uh, Romans 13 is your classic text. Doug Wilson actually gives 21 principles for the Christian citizen. So I list them all in my new article. You can even watch him give his sermon, which he did, uh, I don't know, 10, 20 years ago now on this very issue. But yeah, that's one of the points. Uh, Blessings of God come in the fallen world in the form of good government, uh, right? When the good people are in authority, the uh, the righteous rejoice. Uh, it's a principle found all over Proverbs and Psalms. But when evil and wickedness uh, thrive and the rulers go down that path, well, then uh, the righteous groan and, you know, uh, well, righteousness exalts a nation. There's so many of these general principles, and that's kind of what Romans 13 is summing up. In a fallen world, we need the coercive power of the government to uh, punish wrongdoers, to maintain order, to have a modicum of justice. But again, at the end of the day, as we've already said, uh, it's the inner, the internal government, self-government, that really is going to make or break any nation. Uh, If you don't have your own internal moral sense of right and wrong and try to govern yourself according to God and his morality, uh, you can have all the laws in the world, all the penalties, but uh, no society will last long in that regard. So uh, both Boyce and Wilson recognize that just more and more laws aren't going to do it. You need a citizen, a group of citizens who have uh, internal control and restraint, and that's how uh, the state will prosper with the godly people. Uh, But it'll suffer if that moral foundation isn't there. Putting these things into practice, never easy. And when you talk about a virtuous people, we're talking about a citizenry across the state or across the nation. And that's what you've got to build. And that's where the church, no doubt, is a necessary element in how that uh, virtuousness builds. Bill, uh, an an election coming up in Victoria, end of next month. Uh, Thoughts on how we connect a discussion about this today for where you might be seeing things for the Victorian state election? 
Yeah, well, these principles, again, kind of old-fashioned, I mean, you know, going way back to the Bible, uh, overly familiar in one hand, but it can help us guard against some errors. Uh, one is kind of a fatalism, right? Oh, well, another election, doesn't matter who I vote for, doesn't matter who gets in, they're all a bunch of corrupt uh uh, you know, rulers, well, that's kind of true in a sense. But on the other hand, uh, again, uh, righteousness does exalt a nation. God has delegated authority. God does expect his authorities and civil government to reflect his ways and his values. So that should be an obvious uh, practical point for us, you know. Uh, you know, look at the two main parties, labor and liberal, which, if any, has more on its side of kind of godly values, whether the life issues, marriage and family, and so on, or as is especially important for our upper house and independent smaller parties, which of those are either, say, Christian parties or pro-family parties or conservative parties that do take seriously marriage and family, uh, the right to life, and so on. So all these broad-brush principles of Scripture, we can take them and certainly apply them to this upcoming election. So many concerned about a deterioration of values, of morality, of a separation between the state and the conscience, which we might say is the church and how they ought to work together in partnership. I'll point listeners to this latest article that you've been writing about, Bill, and I know you've written a whole lot of articles around these similar sorts of things over this past week. The one we're talking about today, primarily God, Government, Statism and Resistance. You can find it at BillMuhlenberg.com or you can simply Google Culture Watch One Word. Bill, thanks so much for great insights once again today on 2020. Many thanks, Neil. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.